Justin says I look like him. You know, you're not fat. I know, Buscemi's skinny. He's not saying I'm fat, I'm a fat Buscemi. <laughs> He's saying he has the same characteristics, <laughs> but he, he rocks that same costume. He's like, you are a fat Buscemi. No, 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 Fafa fa Shemi. Oh, yeah. Fafa Shemi. No, Fafa Sushi. Fafa He's got it right. He said it better. He said it better. Because <clears throat> in, 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 in Maori culture, right, the, the last person born of the family group, whether boy or girl, you have to be a girl. And if you're a boy, it's called Papa Fini, and you're going to be a fucking, like a fucking, like dress up. You have like to dress up like a girl because they need a daughter. So it's their culture. It's their culture. Like they have to be like. They don't like castrate them or anything. No. no, no but they, they treat them like a woman. They're, they're, they're hooked. The hooker chicks on K Road, like Maori fucking Maori freakers, are like, like I'm a fucking girl. They dress them up like girls and stuff. But you don't know who Steve Buscemi is? I feel like if I. No, I know I know. Steve Buscemi, he's a reservoir dog. He's always skinny, bug died, and fucking like this dude, but skinny. We're gonna Google him right now. Yeah, we. He's like the best looking dude. He's not Christopher Walken. He's in Big Lebowski for no, fuck's sake. Fucking sense. shut I the fuck know. up, Donnie. You got it? I look more like Paul McCartney. He's on the dead too. Yes. Pick up yourself. That's, That's what people Newman. tell me. You're the first Buscemi. Papa Jimmy. Papa Jimmy. Are you serious? You can run that? And say, I, I've heard it so many times. <laughs> Gwen and Sally went to see Paul McCartney and texted me, This guy looks just like you. Buscemi has like a fucked up. Buscemi's got weird teeth and he's way more pale than I. <laughs> No, he's more gray than I. Why did it go to America Stay Gold when I typed in Steve Buscemi? You act like Buscemi, too. You're like Donnie. Shut up. <laughs> Thank you, girl. I'm waiting for some lines. What, what are my lines here? Shut the fuck up, Donnie. That's Shut your line. Shut the fuck up, Dolan. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Oh, he's a, oh, look at that one. That's me for sure, right? Yeah. Oh, whoa. Maybe it's the receding hairline. Maybe it's your face. Is it my face? <laughs> Look at that. That's me. Hey, there we go. What's up? It's Schmitty. This is Talking Schmidt, and we're at Platypus. Today on the show, Dustin Dolan. Hi. What do you think of Dustin Dolan? Um, are you filming me or the Shanahan Powerboard? I'm filming you. I feel like I didn't shave completely. That's <laughs> <laughs> <This is> awkward. <laughs> you know anything about Dustin Dolan? I do not. I'm not, I'm, I've never even been to Australia. Well, then check this out because we're going to get to know him. Hello, this is Dustin Dolan, and you're listening to Talking Schmidt with Schmitty and me. It's cool, like tonight is the night. Here we go again. Just give it the old cars turn. All big dogs in. 96 times, Schmitty. Thanks, Schmitty. We on? Schmitty? Talking Schmidt. That's Paul Moore, huh? Little bit. I be shit my pants. Your Rolodex is fucking deep. It's about the one. The one. The one. Who is this guy? Thinks he's tough shit. What's up? We're tastemakers. Come on, Schmitty. What the fuck? I'm here for Greg Smith. Yeah! Alright, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, podcast world, listen up. I'm really hyped today with the combination of my Rolodex and Zoom. 
you never know where I'm going to end up. And today we're in Paris, France, with the guy Greco named the Devil Spawn. This is my buddy <laughs> Dustin Dolan. Howdy, folks. Hello. Bonjour. Oh, bonjour. Whatever time it is there. Baguette. Baguette. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Burnett would go down the uh, streets of Paris and say, uh, Pan de chocolate. That was our, that was all our French. <laughs> yeah, they're good pan chocolate. I love those things. Wow. Hey, before we get started, we got to explain that opening clip. Oh, the the one that I sent you the other night. It was crazy because I had it on my desktop because I was like saving all the best like unseen Phelps footage and shit like that. Oh, trip. But I think we were in Mammoth and we were cooked as fuck. Like uh, we were on Volcom trip or some shit. Mm-hmm. What was going on? Why were we there? Yeah, welcome. It was a skate park roundup, and I think Mammoth. It was right when the park opened. All oh, right, like yeah. we were there for the opening, and I remember I was sleeping on a dead kid that they named the skate park after his bed. <laughs> I was in his bed with like a life size stuffed animal. It was like the size of me, and I was like, oh. And the second day, they're like, oh, you know the bed you're sleeping? I was like, yeah. They're like. That's the guy they named the skate park after. He's dead. And I was like, what the fuck? Oh, sketchy. Yeah. Dead man's grave, huh? But, How was there a big stuffed animal in there? Were you trying to have sex with it? Uh, dude, you I was hugging that thing. I kind of wanted to take it home with me. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, I think your internet's fucked because of the election. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 the internet, it, yeah. Trump's fucking... Everyone's staring at Everyone's staring at their stupid screen, at, looking at nothing, something. Like that. Anyway, I don't want to talk about your fucking election, but congratulations, it looks like. To somebody. Hey, uh, I can maybe come back to the States after this, uh, you know? Oh, are you not able to? <laughs> no, I, I am. I just didn't want to. Oh, yeah, <laughs> of course. Um, no, but that clip was at a restaurant that Jake took us to to meet, like, uh, some friend of his. Yeah, I don't know. It was a weird situation, but we ate some goddamn good food right there at that counter. It was nice. It was a, a good break from the squad, from the, the goon squad, for sure. Remember, we just sat by the bar and we just got drunk and ate that nice <laughs> dinner. Didn't even feel it. We felt like we were on vacation, not even on fucking tour or nothing. Yeah, there was a lot of red wine. I remember that. But, like, do uh, you still think I look like Buscemi? <laughs> I never got that part. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. You can see a resemblance. Young Buscemi, young Buscemi. Not, yes. not how he's, he's real skinny. He looks like he's dying and shit. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, the other thing I remember about that too was uh, I think you introduced to me Skype. Oh, like maybe. We, we got late night Skype with like somebody in Australia maybe. Like we were drunk Skyping people and you were like, we're partying. And like there was people like on the other side of the globe and I was like, this is mental. I had never seen it before. It was like 2008. Eight or nine or so. I don't look know. at you now. We're basically doing a Skype interview. Yeah, now we're Skype podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's funny. I've always somehow been a little ahead. Like, I always had, like, the iPod before people. And, like, I don't know. I think, like, uh, Kenny Hughes or something, like, she told me to get an iPod. And I had all his music in, like, Barcelona. Uh -huh. I don't know. I've always kind of seemed to – I'm not very good with technology. It never fucking works when I need it to. But for some reason, I always, like – somehow as an old man managed to stay on point with that shit like you know upgrading from final cut to premiere and all that kind of shit you know yeah because you've always been filming and editing and stuff all along with skating 
Yeah, true, true. So yeah. your interests are tech, like, oh shit, you can do this? What the fuck? Yeah. I, I got to get that. That's uh, what I'm my not- brain's drawn to. It's like, new iPhone? Wait, there's a fisheye? Fuck, I need it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just got that I, iPhone 12 or whatever it is. That's only because uh, my phone got stolen. I got mugged in, in the streets. But no way. It was all good. It was all good. Just some punk kids. <laughs> so what's been going on? You're, uh, are you doing, you're doing your own podcast? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've been trying to do this thing called Tamp to all my friends. And it's not, it's not interviewing skaters. It's just like, I've met a lot of pretty interesting characters besides like uh, skaters, you know, over my weird life, like creation of vacation and, I don't know, it's been all over the place. So I've just, yeah, been interviewing some musicians, some weird, like, designers and, you know, you know, just weird people that I got along with along the way. Have, but um, you- I've just basically went and filmed it, like, with two cameramen and just uh, just being starting to edit it, actually. How many have you done? Done six, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, I did one with uh, Warren Ellis from Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. He lives in Paris, which is great. We, we like become like message buddies. He's a Sick. great bloke from Melbourne. This one was this girl, Michelle Lamy. She's uh, Rick Owens, his wife. She's kind of like, she has like tattooed fingers and like gold teeth. She's like uh, 78 years old or something. She's cool as fuck. And then I did this kind of this bomb off the street, like <laughs> this crazy old man that walks around. But I found out that he was actually like a great musician back in the day. He's completely out of his neck mine that was insane and then uh this guy from this band called la femme uh, no la femme, yeah and then also who else did i do oh olivia zom from purple fashion magazine just strange characters you know rad but i don't know what i'm gonna do i'm just like if i film it and edit it maybe i can like sell it to like you know whoever spotify or something or apple itunes movies and music or something just yeah. a little side project, uh, you know. All these, tour, all these media tour. companies are fucking battling for content, so it's time to step yeah. up and be like, here you go, bro. <laughs> Pay <Right>. me. <laughs> and I figure if I give it to them already pretty much edited, then they can't fuck with it too much. That's the, the main thing is they can just grab shit and make it fucking some cheesy shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, besides that, just being like – Kind of got a new squad out of here now in Europe, like the Vans, uh, Tom's Tale squad. They're kind of like the new Euro piss drunks kind of style crew. Still oh. like hungry kids, you know, not like spoiled pros like we were at at some point in, in Hollywood or whatever, you know? Right. They're still hungry, still ready to camp and fucking just terrorize, you know? It's sick. Yeah, there's lots of spots out there, right? Oh, in, in Europe? I mean, yeah, it's like I could be in like Italy one week, Greece the next week, like right. whatever the fuck, you know, that's the difference. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It, I, I mean, I couldn't move back to Australia. It's too far away because I still want to be involved in the skate world like as much as I'm now. Mm. But Europe's just the perfect place. And I mean, I did leave when Trump got into uh, presidency. That was an accident. I'm not really too into politics. <laughs> I just lucked out on that one. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> Seems like um, chaos over there. Is it true that you found skateboarding by working at the video store and watching Back to the Future or some shit? No, Gleaming the Cube. Gleaming the Cube. That one's crazy because you know what's crazy about that is it's pretty dark, you know? Like, he's Christian Slater's adopted brother gets hung by some drug dealers and then he, like, 
gets revenge by jumping over a freeway and knocking the guy out with like with his skateboard. But I thought it was cool. I mean, you had like Rodney, they had like this, you know, crazy breakdown sequence where he starts to gleam the cube and he, they had like stuntmen like Rodney Mullen and Tony Hawk and like all these people. It was funny because he would be goofy at one point and then regular at another point during a little breakdown. But I, I liked it. I think I was more about the revenge part of it, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. And the skating is always good to get revenge. <laughs> so what was the first board that you got? Do you remember? Well, I mean, I, you know, like most people, I had like my, my mom and I would like skate down the hill of Alice Street. I had like a banana board. And then she just had, yeah, just an old cruiser probably. But my first pro board was a Wade Spire uh, Slayer graphic ever sleep. My grandmother bought that for me when I was like, uh, thir- uh, I think I was like 13 or something. Oh. But yeah, Wade Spire Slayer graphic. That's a good one. Yeah. And she was a Christian. She was like, why were all this? Because that was at a point where all the graphics were like, you know, you had like the Eversleeks with like, you know, blow up dolls and like, it was pretty heavy graphics back then. Mm-hmm. You no, know, all those world industry graphics and shit like that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they stole all the graphics from like other things. And then when skateboarding got popular and people started stealing skateboarding stuff, skateboarding got mad. But it was like, what comes around goes around. Yeah. Yeah. True. And I mean, was skating like, was pretty much in a fuck everybody kind of stage right then. Skaters were pests, pests, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, the 90s. That's a funny time in skateboarding. And then uh, meeting Mickey Rays, was that at Tampa Am? Yeah, that was at Tampa Am. I think, uh, what would I say? I was 90, 98, I think. I was just 18 or yeah, 97, 98. I'm not sure exactly. But uh, yeah, that was, that was great, man. He just, like, I was just skating my little ass off and fucking. He came up and gave me a card, and I and I saw her on it. Like after I stopped skating to take a, like a sip of beer or something, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like Antihero, Real Deluxe, Spitfire. I was like, "Fuck, that's the company that I want to ride for." I wanted to ride for Antihero actually. Uh huh. Then I think it was like too competitive between me, me and TNT. <laughs> and I think he won. Have... I think he won that year too, actually. Oh, he did. Pretty sure, yeah. Mm. But I, I think we were like, we've always been at it. Me and Tony are really good friends, but we always like fight a lot. Right. <laughs> yeah. You got because you were like the, you were both coming up at the same time. So then you went stereo. I wasn't went at all. I was, I was completely unknown. I was just some little maniac from. I think I had shaved cornrows in my head and like, <laughs> like fuck everybody. No way. And then yeah, Tony was. Punk and like he's like, what the fuck's this kid staying in the room or whatever? But eventually we became friends, you know. <laughs> okay, so Tony was already kind of established a little bit. Yeah, I think that was like he was just firing it up for real, and yeah, I think Julian didn't like me very much at first too, but we we eventually got along. <laughs> oh, okay, but, but I was like staying in the flip room with like Balaller and shit, and then then Mickey gave me an anti-hero shirt, and then Jeremy Fox was like. So you're going to write for Deluxe? And I was like, oh, I don't know. He just gave me a fucking t-shirt. I'll take anything I can get. And then he's like, well, it looks like you're going to write for Deluxe. I'm like, I would love that. Because he was like thinking he was going to get me on flip or some shit. And I was like, no. Uh, I ended up standing the Delu- with Mickey the whole time for the rest of the trip. <laughs> Sick ass. What's some of the, what's, do you got like a, a hijinks memory of like one of the tours where you and Mickey were on tour and some, one of the crazier ones? Oh, fuck. 
I just remember like me and they would go to the bars and me and, me and TNT would have to stay in the car or whatever. So we would just get hammered in the car. Mickey would just leave us a bottle of Jaeger. <laughs> I remember one time just seeing him running out of a bar. Like it was a pretty big crew. I think it was like, it was the, the Great Lakes tour, deluxe worldwide tour or whatever. And it, it was like Quim Cardona, Cardiel, like Stranger, like, it was a massive squad. But I remember Mickey just running out and you just hear the van open up and he's putting wheels into a fucking pillowcase. And he just runs back and everyone's trying to run out of the bar and Mickey's just swinging on all these fuckers. Like, probably put a few of the guys in the hospital. But someone obviously pissed off someone at the bar and that was pretty freaky. Like, people running behind like zombies. Like, Ugh. Yeah. That was Holy wild. shit. I can't even imagine those trips. Cause like, but I think I was like fucking eight, 17, 18, and I only had my learner's permit. And like, I think maybe he was so tired of driving that he just like maybe gave me some speed or something. It was like, you got to drive. And I was like, <laughs> and it was a like full hurricane weather going through. And I was driving, I couldn't see anything. And I was, I've got like legends in the van, like my idols. And I'm like barely looking over, could barely see over the steering wheel. And I'm like, Oh fuck, Twister! What fuck? And the van's wind's blowing everywhere and shit. Right. And the last thing you want to do is like focus the crew, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, same thing happened to Peabody. He came back. He's like, dude, I had to fucking drive the van, and I got Cardiel in the back. Like I'm freaking. <laughs> yeah, that shit's wild. Oh man. Uh, okay. Uh, San Francisco and Newell days. Yeah. <laughs> Blur. Blur. <laughs> who who are the who was living there at the time? Was Raymond Dede in there? Was no, Frankie? Free that it was Frank and uh, Errol. This crazy guy Errol. He had this sh- fucking shitty Dal- Dalmatian dog that would always shit all over Frank's bed, and Frank would always <laughs> kick it and shit. I don't think he like would kick it hard, but it was just like so. It was fucking up the house, and Errol was a psycho. He would come in hammered, wake everybody up. I forget that dog's name. Maybe it was Mary or something like that. And then it was me. And then me and John Klein were bed, mo- bed, John Klein was bed mates. We had bunk beds. Oh, okay. And then um, I forget who else was in there. I know it was Frank, me, John Klein, and, and Errol. And Errol. Yeah, that was it at that point. Oh, and okay. then eventually, like, I was only, I only really lived there for kind of a year, actually. I mean, I was only in the States for two years. Like, Oh, really? When I got noticed. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, went, I, went, I left Australia when I was 17. I came back when I was 19. And I didn't go back to the States for four years. Ooh. Wow. But that's, <laughs> where, that's where you met like Gabe and, and everybody was coming yeah, out to moved, SF, right? Errol moved out and John Cry moved out. Then it was me, Frank, and Morfitt at the end b- before I left. Yeah. That was fun. Okay. <laughs> Do you got any uh, favorite p- memories of SF? What's something? Was there there? Were you guys going to that bar that everyone goes to now? That's like two doors down. Yeah, yeah. that one with the pool tables. Yeah, yeah. I forget what that place is called. Uh, well, I mean, I was underage, but that would sneak me in. I think. Oh, you were still, yeah. Yeah, I was only seventeen to nineteen. <laughs> I wasn't even legal. When I oh my to god! Still managed to get drunk a lot though. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like that. And I was just kind of going in between Warner Avenue and Newell. Six Newell was kind of like the piss drunk's house of SF. 
And yeah. everyone was kind of going back and forth between the two. Were they pretty similar? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. But it's crazy. Like, when I think back that I was only there for two years, we fucking packed a lot of missions into that two years, for sure. I know. It felt like you were even in SF longer than that. No, yeah, not really. Because huh. uh, I, I was in SF. I, like, I stayed. Uh, first, we stayed at pa- Pastor's house because I got on stereo. And then Errol came over one night and, like, jumped through the front door of the building <laughs> And like smashed all the glass, trashed the house. Then Pastors Pastors was like, dude, you having a party? When I'm like, it wasn't a party. It was mellow drinks and this guy fucking Errol came over and trashed your house. And I was like, he's like, you gotta go. Then I lived with Mickey in bunk beds at the Hells Angels mechanics house. Oh. Some dude named Duncan and his wife was always yelling at him to try and kill somebody to become a real Hells Angels because I think he was a prospect. That was pretty trippy. Wow. <laughs> me and Mickey bunk beds. He'd bring chicks back too. It wasn't like there was a little kid be quiet. It was like <laughs> fired up underneath me was an earthquake. You know, you got to see some good uh, Mickey Ray's moments. The suave, uh, suave on Jaeger Mickey. <laughs> oh, disgusting Mickey. <laughs> but he was a sweetheart. He really looked out for me. You know, got me food and shit. You know, I didn't have no money. So. Yeah. Got me that little deluxe paycheck, most money I'd ever seen in my life. I was like a thousand bucks a month. What am I doing with this shit, man? I was like, that was crazy. Fuck. Thousand cash. They had to pay me in cash because I didn't have like a work visa or some shit. Do you remember um, the uh, Hard Rock Cafe contest in Vegas? Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. shot a sequence of you kick flipping over the channel in in the vert ramp. <laughs> yeah, to death. Yeah, I think you might have grabbed like uh, Sean White's board. Sean White's board, yeah. <laughs> I was just in the crowd, like getting psyched, and I was like, I'm going to kickflip into this fucking variant right now. I think I just grabbed his board, <laughs> kickflip, catch, and just separate shoulder. Oh, did in front, of, In front of like, you know, a thousand people. <laughs> Dude, that bad. was the fucking funnest one. That's where I met uh, Sipniewski. Because he yeah. kind of put that shit on. He worked for Boost Mobile. They put that thing on. And then Dave later in life came to work for us at Thrasher and started doing the skate rock trips and all that stuff. But, uh, dude, me and Greco got all the fucking, uh, was it? Lincoln Park was give, doing a concert that night, and they gave us all tickets. And yeah. so the, – the skate, yeah, the skaters didn't want them. So me and Jim went to everyone and were like, do you want your ticket? No, took them. Yeah. We sold them all. And then we got all this money and just went straight to gamble all night. Like, yeah. Fucking free money, free gambling. Like I'm not really a gambler unless it's free. <laughs> I think there was another contest and Nelly was playing. And I, I sold like, they gave me like four tickets and I sold three of them. And then I, I wore a Band-Aid to the Nelly contest. contest. <laughs> yeah, I that I was the jump. night. That was either the night before or night after. It was like Nelly one night, Linkin Park the next yeah. night. And then TNT, I think, won and Max won the vert. Yeah, TNT won that fucking thing. They got a boat. I think it was like 70 grand or some shit. Dude, so much money. Yeah, that was a high. I think that was high. like a deposit for his house or some shit like that. Right. Yeah. Then I heard like people like in SF would be like fronting on Tony and shit, be like, yo, fuck, whatever you got this house from skating and shit. And it's like, dude, he fucking earned that shit, you know? I heard some horror stories over there of poor TNT people bashing on his door at like five in the morning and shit. Like, 
let me in. He's like, dude, I got kids. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I got to take it easy on the boys up there, huh? Well, you live, you live the anti-hero <laughs> life, and then it comes back to, you yeah. know, it's kind of like what I was telling Felper. He, like, all of a sudden, he wanted to go out as the nice guy. I was like, dude, you lived your whole life as an asshole. You can't, like, all of a sudden have, like, turn it around on the last home stretch. Uh, he was doing pretty good at the end there. He, he seemed a bit bit more peace, yeah. No, for sure. He Like, I told people, like, I saw the evolution of, like, like, the scariest, like I was afraid to be in the same room to him as like now I'm like in the hotel room sleeping with him, you know, yeah. it's like insane. He's kind of bipolar as fuck, that guy. Yeah. Do you remember <laughs> um, meeting him for the first time? Fuck. Uh, I think, yeah, I think basically, I think when I went up to SF, I, I remember I, I took a car up with Patrick O'Dell and, uh, um, some other dude, Tim Van Horn, the first gay skater that they kicked off Birdhouse for being gay or something like that. Uh-huh. And then um, they dropped me off at EMB, and I just, it, there was a fucking ice skating rink in the middle of it. It was freezing, it's cold. I didn't have a mobile phone, I had before mobile phones, and I just waited like five hours for Mickey to come pick me up. And then he took me straight to a bar. I'm like, <laughs> the littlest fucking like 18 year old you ever seen, just gets me hammered. Go to some girl's house, he's like, having sex with a chick with the door open, like laughing at me or whatever. <laughs> and then I think the next day he took me to high speed to meet, meet the old Felbert. And, uh, I think he was trying to be a cunt to me, but I was kind of a cunt back straight away. Cause I'm Australian and like from pretty like ghetto life anyway. <laughs> and he was just kind of like, <clears throat> you know, but I think we went and ate and he was just like asking Felbert questions to try and like tell you what, what he knows about, Everything, pretty much, because yeah. he knew about everything. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, Mickey vouched, so he pretty much didn't give me much of a hard time. But huh. Mickey had me under his wing. It was like protection from everybody in that place. <laughs> yeah. Did you meet Fausto? <laughs> yeah, I met Fausto. On, no, I mean, sure. on that same trip? on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mickey, Mickey told me to meet everyone the first day. I was at Deluxe. He's like, grab whatever you want. I was like, really? Like, oh, my God. And then, yeah. Uh, they like show me sponsor me tapes of some kids for like, and I was like, oh, it's not really my choice. And they're like, you're on the team, you know, like you gotta start fucking doing this shit. But I met Fosto, he was a true gentleman. And then me and Tony, Tony Vitello got along. We were like kind of, the, he was a bit younger than me, but we kind of got along, had some drinks at some point, underage mm. style. Yeah. And me and Tony got along really well. And uh, yeah, the rest is pretty much fucking history, you know? That's yeah. I, I have some memories of like just I, all I can always remember is just going with Morphid to any session possible and just always listening to this Gil Scott Heron Winter in America. Like I always made him play that. He's like, why don't you listen to all that? I'm like, I really like it. from the Indians Welcome to Pilgrims And to the Buffaloes Who once ruled a plane Like the Vultures Circling beneath the dark clouds Looking for the rain Looking for the rain Just like the city That stagger on the coastline In a nation That just can't stand much more Like 
the forest, buried beneath the highway, never had a chance to grow. Never had a chance to grow. And now it's winter. Winter in America. Yes, and all of the hills have been killed. Sit away. Yeah, but the people know, the people know it's winter. You know, the fog, Viking sandwiches, the Presidio Rail, you know, that's... Oh, the that's, Presidio that's my, Rail, yeah. That's my training ground. I used to go, everyone was at work. Frankie was valet parking. John Klein was painting houses. I'd just go get a Viking sandwich and skate Presidio by myself. Like, uh-huh. That's how I learned how to skate rails on that, that one. That thing was so good. It was just small uh, and like right there my, where you're never going to get kicked out. Yeah, I had my piece of wood set up in the bush, you know, and just like... <laughs> train train on that bitch and then it was cool because people would rock up I, I didn't have anyone's number i didn't have a mobile phone so just like you know back then you're just living it by yourself really you know huh i asked for some questions from like instagram followers what's up it's Vasco. um i had a question for dustin darling and uh i was wondering like what was his favorite memories of skating with shane cross rest in peace peace I mean, skating with Shane, I think he was doing most of the skating at those points. <laughs> he, was a, he was a beast. Yeah. But definitely the best time I think I have had was when we were on Mushrooms at Skatopia. Like, there is a – I did do a seven-day weekend about that whole night. But we were cooked, man. We'd taken all these chocolate mushrooms, and I think he was like – I don't think it was his first experience of mushrooms because him and his friends have always been into psychedelics back in on the coast and shit, but <laughs> – we definitely think a lot that night. We were wandering around into all the little dark background rooms with the mattresses and the, the bondage kits. It's creepy as fuck. And that's scary, Skatopia wearing mushrooms. But we just kept getting lost and laughing and running around. That was real fun. That was real yeah, fun. Yeah, describe Skatopia though. I've never been there, but I've seen like, you know, the fires and the cars and all that shit. It's pretty like distinguished. I would just say it's like, the Thunderdome, you know, like Mad Max or some shit, like <laughs> just like a bunch of rednecks, like. But they're kind of smart, you know. They got good ways of freaking you out and shit. Uh-huh. I remember, like, Bruce is like, "Jump in the car, you're coming with me," and then you jump in a car and you just think you're you on smashing through trees, going on this rally and shit, full speed, tripping balls. Yeah, but you would see like out of the glimmery, like someone with a torch, because it doesn't look like you knew where you were going, but. You'd see, like, turn here. Like, they had it set up. It's like, what is, what is that? You know those shows where they, they make you think that, like, bad shit's, like, The Purge or some shit like that. Okay. You know, where they make you think all this bad shit's happening and people are yelling at you to fuck with your trip even more, you know, to make you, like, really fucked up. It's fucking scary. You get to a point where you're, like, you're losing it and you're, like, oh, I'm fucking scared for my life. But you realize that it's only good fun, you know. It's kind of a show. Is it like an initiation for people that have never been there? I think that was, yeah, at that point. For sure. Okay. Was yeah. Bruce there? Yeah, yeah, Bruce was there. It was That was one of the best times, actually. I remember I was like, after all the fucking road rage and shit like that, I just woke up and I was like, came out of the trip and I was like, 
I was sitting on this seat and there was these, this family of like Indians, like Native Americans, like, like chanting to their kid who was also next to me that had sunglasses on. And I was like, Ooh, and I was like, all right, I'm really tripping right now. I just come out of the trip, you know, like, and I look and I see the fucking barn with the bowl so far up, so far away. I must've just wandered off. Like I do sometimes. Uh. And I get there and it's fucking probably about six in the morning. Someone's just coming up and it's me and Bill Danforth. That's it. <laughs> How weird is that, huh? That's Six in the morning. One. He's just in there, no shirt. I don't think he even had shoes on, just like, <laughs> it's far carving, like trying to carve the ball. <laughs> now it's doing the same. No. And just tr- trying to find the tent and also trying to find, doing the pista mission and trying to find like the warm beers in the morning all around the tents and shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> I got this one in my uh, camera bag underneath the special flap. <laughs> We went hand in hand with that one because he al- he always knew that I would stash beers too. He, oh, okay. He, I just I, I know you got some beers somewhere. But I come on, little dog. Come on, you got this. Come, yeah. I know you got beers hidden somewhere. I'm like, oh I yeah, I fucking do, piece though. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best. Yeah. It was so good because we would catch on to his hiding spots, and then mm-hmm. we would take him before he woke up and move him somewhere, and he'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> He probably woke up when you were moving him on. Yeah, <laughs> you couldn't really put one past him usually. He was fucking the best. I miss that guy so much. Yeah. Uh, do you got, you've taken a lot of horrendous slams. Is there one that's like sticks out as like the gnarliest one you've taken? Uh, I don't know. They all feel pretty shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that, I mean, the knockout in Sydney was probably the, the good one that that lip slide to knock out on that indie trip <laughs> claiming hard one try slipped out next try complete stuck i think the wind on the way that it's kind of a wind tunnel there i think i lost my speed and then when i went to pop it just completely stuck but the ko i mean it didn't really hurt me you just get knocked out you know but painful wise i don't know every time that you tear your acl it's the worst Cause you know, it's like nine months. You're just like, you feel it and you're like, Oh, it's gone. It, it, it hurt. It broke. Like instantly, yeah. you know it, right? Yeah. You know it straight away. After you've done the first one, you know what it feels like. You're like, Oh, there it goes. You're like, how, how yeah. many have you done? Seven. Seven. Yeah. On both knees or mostly? No, one knee, same knee. Same knee. knee. That's why when you look at like, uh, Maybe Baker has a death wish or something like that. I'm doing all my tricks to fake it. <laughs> That's the technique. Ah. When you're getting better on the front knee, you got to learn all your tricks to fake it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I had six, six reconstructions, and now, now I just don't think I have an ACL in there at all. Like They did like everything, grafts, fake. I had two of those fake uh, ligaments, the lar- LARS ligament. I like to call them the SARS ligament. They really didn't work, and I, I think when I broke the fourth Lars, the synthetic, the chick made me sign something when I was kind of drugged out already. So I'm pretty sure they it was something to say that I didn't break it because they didn't want it to get out that it's breakable. Because I think I was the first person in Australia to break it, or in the world maybe to even break one and all. <laughs> but Dude. what's crazy is I feel fine right now. Really? Yeah. Huh. Absolutely fine. I just flew to Italy for a trick, jumping off something big, and 
Absolutely. Like when you wake up in the morning, you're not like, I, you don't have, I have to do this whole like half hour routine to like straighten my body up. No, I'm pretty much jump up and go kind of. Kind oh. of Damn. That rules. I get sore, but I, you know, I still get my massages like a few months or whatever and concentrate on that shit. You know, yeah. you spend a lot of your money getting fucked up and fucking up your body, but you got to spend some of that money getting better too. Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing the, uh, we got this, uh, Alyssa's got this homie that does pretty good, like, sports chiropractic work. Yeah. And he takes that. care of me. It's so good. Like, but I got to do it more often because. Yeah, no, Schmitty. Yeah, that's what happens, you know. Um, I know you've said it, probably told the story a bunch, but can we, like, talk about the piss drunks and the how it evolved? Uh, Sure. I mean. The way I see it, I mean, everyone kind of has a hazy, rec- like, way of, like, how it, it came about. But for me, basically, like, I think I got back, I was in SF for a while, and I got back to Warner, and Jim and Ali had been in Arizona. I think Shane had taken them there, though, getting cooked out there with, like, uh, uh, Randy Colvin or something like that. And I guess, like, basically... Uh, Biggie said piss drunks in one of the songs. Can't we just all get along so I can put Biggie's on a chest like little Sean? Get a pissy drunk, get a pissy drunk, get, get, get a pissy drunk, pissy drunk, pissy drunk, get a pissy drunk off a dog, carry on, and it's on, and I'm gone. And then they just started saying, We're piss drunks. And then I came back and they were tagging this logo everywhere, and I was like, What's that? And they were like, Oh, it's piss drunks. And that's cool. And I was like, Am I in the piss drunks? And they're like, You're the fucking mascot of the big truck. <laughs> So I got it in my head. I was like, all right, I'm going to go to Volcom today and get a bunch of shit to sell, like snowboard shit. And I think I went and I think Jim drove me to Volcom and then we got like, gathered up like $300, $400 from Play It Against Sports or some shit, like sold the shit. And then I, me and Jim went and got the tats and then Eric got it like the day after. And then I think Andrew got it the day after that. And then the next time when I went back up to SF, I went to Deluxe and I got the, the t-shirts made. So Deluxe actually made the first Piss Drunk shirt. No way. Yeah. They made like 30 of them and I gave them to all the crew. And that's what the ones that you see in like the early America, Ellington wearing and shit. So Before that, no making homemade ones, but that was the first ones I think printed. Rad, dude. Was the original, was you, Greco, Reynolds, Ellington, and Ollie or no? No, Piercy. It was like Piercy. Aaron Piercy used to write for Balance. He's like kind of the father of the Piss Drunks because he took care of Ali and Jim when they were doing who knows what in Arizona. And I think it just kind of like escalated. You know, it only really lost. I mean, it's lasted forever now. I mean, there's thousands of kids with tattoos and, you know, I still make the gear for like the true fans and shit. But it really was like, I think the longest of the drunks was probably like, like who who drank the longest out of all of the crew, besides me. I think Ellington was kind of the last to to quit drinking because he had to because he had that courtship or whatever, mm. and maybe because it's better for him. But I'm pretty sure, yeah. Like Shane fizzled out; he had to go to rehab, and then Andrew, Eric. I mean Andrew, Jim. But it's not really like, like it's not about like. For me, it was never about like drinking and then getting drugs and getting more and more and more fucked up. It's just like we drink, we skate, and I'm, I'm used to it. I'm Australian, so I've been doing that my whole life. But 
I think for for maybe like Andrew started drinking pretty late, like maybe eighteen or nineteen, and I don't. And a lot of the crew kind of started drinking a bit late. I think you know, but I'd yeah. already been drinking since I was like thirteen years old. So and me and Bilal had, but I think a lot of it. You know, it, it was hard. I think also when like when Ali got kicked out of the country, like went to jail, and then he went back to Sweden. He f- probably felt like he lost his his crew. You know, so he got on drugs in Sweden. Jim had lost Ali, so he got on drugs by himself in the States. And then I think Andrew and Eric were just kind of like living up like rock stars in Hollywood, you know, going to the clubs and getting yeah. on it. Just yeah. for me, it's like I'm not the kind of person that drinks and wants to get cocaine. Like I'll do some if I'm like too drunk, like the line or whatever to, to like sober up, but uh, it's never been – there's a difference between a drug addict and a and like the gateway to like this whole gnarly just escapade. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like I was in Australia when all that was happening. You know, I've, I've been after Baker Two G came out, and everyone was like big time stars. Like, you know, Greco's in Rolling Stone and shit. That was I'm crazy. I was still living behind a couch in Australia at that point before Baker <laughs> oh. started. You know. <laughs> but I was, I was, I was psyched to see that everyone was living it up. They got, they had their rock star moments, that's for sure. And skating yeah. needed some rock stars at that point, for sure. Yeah, it yeah. It was cool. It was the right, right time and the right place. Like Hollywood, fucking, just doing it. It was insane. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, shit. I mean, before that, like I, I hadn't. I think I'd only been to Hollywood once the first time I was in America. Oh. Because we all we still lived at Warner Avenue, like. In <laughs> so when I left, they, they moved to Hollywood. That's when when I think the real trouble started. <laughs> yeah. But as I said, I wasn't there. I didn't know what they were getting up to. Right. I just hear it secondhand from like Jay Strickland's, like, "Oh, they're all fucked up on drugs. You're the only one skating. Why don't you get on bootleg?" And I was like, "I'm not." Andrews looked out for me the whole time. I'm like, what? What? You know? <laughs> Stay with the boss. <laughs> yeah. Huh. And then how long has the seven-day weekend thing been going? I mean, I stopped it for ages. Basically, like, I did, like, 30 episodes. But what was cool is I started it before anyone was really doing that shit. I love the Gravette one. one. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I mean, no one even knows. Half the people I talk to now have never even heard of that. But I think I started in, like, 2005 or something like that. And I did it for, like maybe four years or something, five years. Basically, now, you were just bringing a bro cam on the tr- and filming everything was, and then putting it together, yeah? It was a Casio. It was this little Casio, uh, like, I think it was, uh, what's his name? Lagenfeld? What was that? French designer? Yeah, I, don't know. I think he used the same camera. He always used to film shit with that. But it was just by accident that that happened. But yeah, basically just film everything come back and not even edit it. I'd, look, I'd go through it to make sure there wasn't any drug content or nudity on it. But pretty much it's just like everyday filming, everything. It's pretty hard to watch a lot of them. Some of them are edited, but now I'm putting together the movie, Seven Day Weekend, the movie, where I'm actually editing it. So it's like 10 years of filming. All the stuff time. you've done and put it into like condensed? Yeah. It's the best of, but I've... It's five hours now. I've only edited it. It was seven hours, and I've edited maybe two 30-minute sections, so I need to do, like, seven more. So, a lot. You're shooting for, like, around two hours? 
Yeah, two hour, two hours, two hour YouTube clip. Wow. Of chaos. It will be fun, but I've just, it's hard to get around to it because sometimes you're watching like a lot of dead people on the screen and it's like a lot, a lot of craziness and like a lot of stuff makes you sad and like, and then all the stuff gives you anxiety and then mm. and all the rest of the time makes you want to go drink and get fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, fuck, I want to go out and party. <laughs> Yeah, are are you kind of the? I, I'm guessing that when somebody dear to you dies, do you drink more than normal, or like, what's your technique for like dealing with like the pain that comes with the loss of like a homie? Uh, I'd say it's usually about like it used to be like a couple week bender. Now it's kind of tamed. You get so used to death these days in skateboarding and life in general that. It's kind of usually like a two-day bender these days, and then I just pick myself up, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not trying to die because a friend dies, you know what I'm saying? Right, that's the thing, right? And yeah. I see people holding on to that shit for a long time. It's like, that's like so bad for your health if you, you hold on to a, a loved one, you know? It's like, some people never give it up, and it's like, oh, man, like, that's not, they don't want to see you destroy your life because they're dead. Like, that shit's bullshit. Yeah, no, absolutely. But yeah, I just do it. I have my two days of calling people, torturing and being out of my mind. And then I just like, just get it back together. Yeah. I had a fucking crazy ass dream the other night. It was like full moon. I, I woke up like in a panic and uh, my fiance is just like, what's going on? I'm just like, ah! and it was basically Preston was still alive and Jake was dead. Um, and Preston was giving me a pep talk on how to deal with Jake being dead and it yep. was so real and crazy right and i woke up just freaking out like whoa that it, I, it took me a while to realize it was a dream all that later that well, day was, what's up how long ago was that because that was like five I, days I ago like, i went like three or four days ago with preston in it been having all these crazy skate dreams with people in it now so this is insane then later that no, day Peabody called me later that day and he's like, dude, I just had the craziest P-Stone and Jake dream. And I was like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> it yeah. was so weird. Dude, me too. Really, really recently. Like not, not one in a long time and then just really like this yeah. last week or something like that. It's fucking I, weird, right? It was the full moon and I don't know if people believe in that, but I don't know. It was... It was, it was also- also, last night I had a dream that I was skating with Gons and SF, <laughs> and we skated, and he had this weird glove that made, like, sparks and fire out of it, so anytime he'd go by a ledge, it would set it on fire. I think it's from watching, like, Marvel comics, like, movies, you know? And he's like, Pfft. and then we hit this corner, and then it turned into Melbourne. And then when I when I got around the corner, I, he, he finished his line, and he was walking back, and he's like, dude, have you seen those Etch-a-Sketches? They're 3D, right? And then it's a 3D etch sketch comes into my mind. And then it's like, but it's got a helicopter on it too. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I always remember my dreams. So it's like crazy. Have you ever tried to fuck with your dreams? Have you ever tried to like kind of control them? Yeah, I can, man. I can, I can wake up and go back into dreams too if I want to. That's cool, yeah. man. I've, I've like, done like, ones where like I'm flying and then all of a sudden like I can, I can control my flying. It's yeah. weird. That's sick. Yeah. A lot of, lot of like hanging off cliff dreams, like uh, like scared of heights, falling kind of shit. Not falling, but like, oh, I'm stuck. 
I have a lot of crazy dreams. I tell my wife every day, she's like, what the fuck is this shit? (laughs) (laughs) And now a word from our sponsors, and then we shall be right back. Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, Dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden, and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. First Impression with Timothy Donald McKenney. First Impressions of the Piss Drunk. And literally, this guy's been pissed drunk since he's about 17, because I think that's when we were in the van together. But uh, First Impression is a trip to uh, L.A. or down south for some demos, like Tony Hawk demos, too. I just fucking ran with my dick between my legs. I ain't skating with those freaks. But anyways, they're killing it. Uh, he's like 17 with an 18 pack of Budweiser's in the back of the van driving Chris Pastridge crazy screaming bloody terror and I'm just kind of sitting there in shock too and I'm like still kind of like trying to be hip drinking beer with him but uh I can't do shit I can't hold my liquor these guys all get out at that uh Fresno or Visalia skate park the one where Jesse Pius 180's over the fence it ain't Sugar Hill it's that other one over the fence 180 and Ryan Johnson's killing it. Dude's doing frontside uh, grinds on this 13-foot-high extension bowl thing. And Dolan gets out and kickflips to fake you like eight feet high up this vert wall. And again, I'm sitting there with my dick between my legs. First impression, Dustin can hold his liquor. Piss drunk as hell. Kickflips to fakies on fucking anything. Uh, Love you, dude. Paris, France. That's where you are. And my only time there, you were there. And we did the uh, uh, bad shit dinosaur junior at the museum with the fucking indoor art that Peabody got the cover. Yeah. Yeah. That, those two days that we spent there. Really? Weird, right? I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, fuck. But that was sick when they had the mini ramp out front and everyone was just getting hammered and skating the house. And that was a, that was a sick goat, bad shit, Dinosaur Junior. That was awesome. Yeah, and it was Atiba and Akko's b- birthday and they flew out, uh, Akko. Yeah, that was really – and that room that it was in, that, that surround – like, remember the walls were like... Oh, yeah. Preston made the video around the whole walls of, like, fire and... Yeah, it was so sick. The 3D, like, party room was fucking chaos. It was so fun. Yeah, that was, that was so... Burnett and I always talk about that being, like, that was the that was the trip. That was so... that We were skating the main ramp, and then Muska just shows up out of nowhere. Like, he wasn't even with us, but then there he is. Yeah, it was sick. I remember I think we got off the plane or something and I was with like, I was with Gut and I think Phelps and maybe 
no, no, got P Stone and I don't know who else was with us. I had a few crew, but I remember the train got stuck on the way from the airport. We were at this fucking train station that had nothing for an hour, dying for beers. And then when we we got to, to the city, though, I think they were all pissed off at me. I think TNT and Trixie and, yeah, it was TNT, Trixie, Gut, and uh, some crew. And uh, they just got to the city. I think they just, like, slept by the sand or something that night. Like, I was like... Where are you guys staying? They're like, we don't fucking know. Get us a place to stay. And I'm like, dude, you guys are fucking on your own talking to me like that, motherfuckers. Oh, man. You took us to that one kind of a hidden <clears throat> bar. It was really cool. It was like in an alleyway a little bit or something. And you remember that? Not so hidden. Stolly's huh? bar. It's not so hidden. The Stolly's bar. Is that what it's it not is? Hidden. It's actually like right in the main center. But Oh, really? It felt it, it like we like went it. down like some crazy streets and came around and it was right in like some cold yeah, that was uh, okay. kind of my bar i'm actually uh, moving close to the center so i might have the occasional imperative there at some point right talk about the skate rock trip though um i actually wasn't on that one but you kind of hosted <laughs> and set it up right australia yeah and paid for most of it and all the fucking damage <laughs> there was damage? that was for me that was the that was the craziest it was only like 10 days, but it seemed like it was a month of chaos. Yeah, basically I just like, Phelps comes up to me and he's like, where I think we were at, someone was getting a pro shoe for America. We were at a bowling alley. And he's like, like, Skate Rock Australia, what's up? And I was like, uh, I'm not in a band. I don't know. He's like, join Nuge's band, the LS Demons or whatever those fags are called. Just get in their band. And I was like, oh, hey guys, can Figgy, can I join the band? And then I think we spent like, one week and I like just wrote some lyrics for what they already had. And then suddenly it's up to me to organize all these plane tickets. It ended up being, I think it was, I thought there was like 13 people coming. I think it ended up being 19 people or some shit like that. I had to hire an extra van on the day. Like another 50, it was like three 15 seaters. I was like, what the fuck? I don't even know who's coming. Like, cause that, that was like Phelps turned up with five more people than I'd planned. You know, like like his his squad, the SF squad or whatever. Oh yeah. Like Pat, Pat, Atlanta, Gut, Peabody, and I was like, I didn't even know these guys were coming. Like, you got to tell me this shit. Yeah. And um, then like the Bolarama ended, and we played. I was my first time ever on stage because basically we rehearsed for LS Demon, rehearsed for a week, and then I had a tour in in uh, New Zealand for two weeks of Van's trip, and I was just like. Like I just had recorded the the jam in the garage on on like phone, and then I was just had the lyrics in front, trying to learn them all like on the tour. <laughs> but I had Tony there. He's like, just fucking remember the shit. You got to get on stage. And it was like the first day back after that tour, we're suddenly at Bolarama, and that was the first day on stage. And I don't know. I, I planned this trip, and it was like to my hometown and shit, where there was nobody, but. It seemed like every single place we played, someone got knocked out or beat up or like, it was crazy. And I remember also the night we were at Bolarama after we played, this guy, Chad Ford, that builds all these really shitty parks in Australia. He was like, I had a kind of an argument with him a couple months before and he came up and he gave me this envelope full of sugar cube acid, like sugar cubes. So I had 30 sugar cube acids for the trip. And we started taking them from the moment we left Sydney to the day that people got on the flight in Melbourne. 
So everyone, Lee, Lee Ralph is cooked. Phelps is cooked. P-Stone's cooked. Nuge is driving cooked. Like everyone's completely, because you would take one little nibble and you'd be frying on acid. I don't know how we pulled it off. Like luckily we have Nuge. If you got Nuge, you're fine. But, but if you got P-Stone and Nuge, you're, you're pretty safe. But I was pretty cooked on a fucking trip myself. I was like tripping so hard. I, mm. I remember in Wollongong, I couldn't play one, I couldn't sing one word. I got on the stage and it was a bubble. It was like, and I think the Wollongong locals started throwing beers at us and shit. I think Nudes just got off the stage and just knocked one of them out and we got chased away. Like always a chase, always a chase, you know? Right. I think in Melbourne, we like went to some kids' houses. We played with uh, a guy from King Gizzard and, and the Jesus Lizard, King Gizzard and the Wizard Lizard. And he's got another band and we played with them and then they let us come to their house. I think we ended up burning the furniture, like, oh. like, <laughs> Camping out, burning the furniture, you know, it was pretty wild. But that trip was the best. Me, me and P-Stone one did, once did a night. I think we did mother, mother jokes for seven consecutive hours tripping on acid. <laughs> <laughs> and then I fell asleep. And I fell asleep and I had this half in the tent, half out, and had this like WWF sun, sunburn belt. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like what? Your mom's so fat she has to like wear a tire I, for a belt or I whatever? I don't know. We were coming up with some shit, like you, <laughs> stuff that you could never it would come up with again. But, but yeah, it was basically six consecutive hours. Wow. That was, that was one cool thing. I mean, so many cool things about Preston, but that was one thing is he loved to play those type of games. Like he yeah. had so Any many games. games. Yeah. yeah. You would never get bored with this guy. Wherever someone started getting bored, he's like, all right, let's set up this. Let's get this like, Let's get this game going on right now. Yeah, he's the ultimate <laughs> yeah. host. That's so good. Yeah. Uh, fucking, oh, yeah, the, uh, the old car wash. The was old it, car wash. Wh- wh- how did you feel when Milton went and kickflipped that thing? Oh, I loved it. Did <laughs> I was you? Like, thank God. Yeah. That was Four different years in a row, I went back there. Yeah. It was like October, Sunday morning, six in the morning. Like, you have I think to go I early, four, right? Yeah, five in the morning or something. I think it was four consecutive years I went back in October just before I was going back to Australia. It was like the last try, the last of the trip, you know? Right before but you yeah, go to the airport. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, actually, one time it was before the Baker Christmas demo. It was like six in the morning, and then Baker meeting, and then, I don't know. Like, Greco tried to find me at the park or something because I had a pin when he was like dressed up in drag. It was stupid, stupid kid shit. But he was what I was making fun of him, but I was like hoping that he would give me the fire to, to land the trick into the thing. You know? mm. But uh, yeah, that was a battle. That was a fucking battle. And I tried like one party all night and try it, and then like kind of party try and then have a mellow night and then fuck it all in like party jump off the roof into a pool <laughs> go down there and fucking try it like none of it i could never i could never get the lean forward proper you know i'd land on it and slide out land on it and if i did try to commit forward i'd just slam on my face because my legs couldn't run down that shit you know right but i was very happy it couldn't have happened to a better guy yeah <laughs> i love that guy God. And he's crazier than I ever was anyway on a skateboard. Fucking so. maniac, right? It's not Damn. passing the torch. He's always at it, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Respect. Yeah, and I was stoked he won Scare of the Year because that was the guy that, uh, I mean, he was the first guy to win Skater of the Year 
after Jake passed. And yeah. he definitely was Jake's type of guy. So it was, yeah, it was sure. perfect. That was like, okay, well, like we got to keep shit. We got to keep fucking stay the course, you know, like let's not all of a sudden yeah. throw some random dudes in there now. Yeah, no, it's good. Well, what have you been doing besides like outside of skateboarding? You, you still watch a lot of movies. Like what do you and your wife do? Or like, what are you doing? Uh, she's an architect. She's been working from home a lot because of the COVID shit. The house looks nice. Yeah, it's a little studio. We're about to move into the center. Huh. She's she builds buildings with her team, like Google buildings and the courthouse and stuff like that. And I just I still go out skating with the boys here, you know, like and watch yeah, I watch tons of movies. I got a projector in front of the bed. Huh. <laughs> we I got a projector too. Been doing these podcast shows, uh, been trying to edit. It's hard sometimes to edit. I'm waiting for it to get really, really shitty weather, and then I then just you can't do anything else. You know? Yeah, and dark early. Tours, you know, I go on tours a lot in Europe, like with all the vans, vans Europe guys. I'm always on a trip with those guys every every like at least once a month. Who's Fanner holding it down? And man's the boss. Fan man's yep. the and boss. Fan man and Max, the film, the Germany team manager, Matt, and he's a filmer. Between uh-huh. them two, can't go wrong. And then sometimes they leave. They left me the reins in Morocco. It was me and Max and Davy, uh, DVL. You know, he, he runs that shit. He's always got the van ready and camera set up. Mm. And then we got the chaos. And the boys, they're pretty good drinkers, and they pretty much know how to take care of themselves. All of them. It's not like. Oh, what do we do? What's going on? Everyone's pretty much, they know how to handle their shit. Are they in their 20s? The cool, as long as the cool is full, they're, they're ready to go. The cool is full. Tom, as long as Tom's full, they're, they're ready to go. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're all, you know, mid-20s. Good mm-hmm. kids. Great, when was that? great squad. It was yeah. happy for me to, like, to come to Europe and get a new squad, you know. I was worried about that. You been to Australia lately? No, I mean, can't go with the COVID, so All last right. time was in was Christmas, yeah, but I usually only go once a year anyway, but uh, not this year. First time I haven't been back, actually, since the States. What's the COVID like in, in France? Well, they, they did the quarantine for three months, or and then they let it off, and now we're back in quarantine again. Oh, you are? Are people wearing yes, masks okay. and everything? Everyone wears masks, but now you can. They have the, they close all the restaurants and the bars, so you can't. You can't oh, they did. Them. Yeah, I think they're about to well, do that here. They got to, man. You guys are like two two hundred fifty thousand deep right now. It's insane. <laughs> you got to shut it down, man. Like, they got to shut it down. Well, there's so many lunatics that think it's like a conspiracy. Like so many people think it's fake. <laughs> Killed more than the Vietnam War. It's I know it's killed more than the Vietnam War, and it's nearly it's coming up close to the plague right now. Yeah, I know. Believe me, my uh, my fiance was sick for three months. Really, she got it. Well, that's the thing. They didn't really like they tested her, but then they're like the tests aren't accurate, so we're not sure. But I think she got it. But then it's crazy because. I live with her and I didn't get sick. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's just a random, you, trick, you never know. You never know shit. I mean, I've been like on tour with the boys and been fine, but I wouldn't recommend it going out with like regular fucking people. We're, we're all pretty like 
used to living in the dirt and germed up <laughs> most of the time anyway. Yeah. No, for but sure. I would definitely, we keep our mask on and now we've got our, we, we had our little fun summer, but it's back to reality now. They're, everyone's stuck inside. No one can go out to fucking restaurants and have fun. Mm-hmm. Too early. Not enough, not enough time. It sucks. I don't mind. At least my wife's at home. <laughs> yeah, that's same. Like that helps a lot. Yeah. You watch uh, like Netflix, like any of those like uh, documentary type things? Like what, The Last Dance? That was sick. That's Michael Jordan, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I've, hey. I've been watching the true crime ones. I, the Odessa, something Odessa was so sick. They stole a submarine. And it's like kind of like Scarface. There's like a gangster dude and they're interviewing him, but it's all it's all real and shit. Huh? No, I'm going to watch it. I haven't watched that one. I've watched yeah, pretty much Operation Odessa. Look at that one. It's so good. I will. I'll take it. You, give me, uh, no, give me I, something cool to watch. I, I got all fucking, I'm running out of juice. You got it. First of all, you got to get this app, Stremio. You oh. can watch absolutely anything. Okay. Stremio, download that into your computer and then you can stream go into add-ons and add pirate bay and all the other shit you can you can watch anything you want okay and then i don't know what what have i liked lately fuck i don't know what like series wise or anything yeah we we watched like uh the the frank sinatra documentary that was sick is that good yeah we haven't watched that yet frank sinatra is good the the miles davis king of cool did you watch that yeah i saw that was good I like all those music documentaries and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm waiting for the, Thin Lizzy supposed to come out like pretty soon. Uh, Peaky Blinders. Did you watch yeah, that? Yeah, that's our favorite. That's the best one right now. Yeah, that so one's good. great. And then, I don't know, I watch like stupid shit, you know, like like a lot of the Marvel comics and Star Trek and shit. But also I watch a lot of intelligent shit too, but you know, just easy watching shit, you know. There's, all, there's a lot of weird movies right now, but I don't know. I just try to go through them, whatever. I've seen so much, so it's, it's hard. Right. Was there something you wanted to talk about? Oh, the movie, yeah? Oh, Seven Again? Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I'll just like, I don't know. I'd like to get it out for Christmas, but it depends on, I don't know, my mood, I would say. It's a lot easier to, to, uh, to edit when you're drunk, I think. I think that was the P-Stone special. <laughs> Insane. I, I got to send you... Are you taking any contributors or it has to all, all be filmed by you? Oh, no, there's so many people's, because also I have like a lot of people's footage that people have sent me on the hard drives of like, I'm just using everything and being like, yo, you're like, I'll, I'll hit up every filmer and send them a copy of it and be like, did, like, before I do the credits, did you film anything on this? Because <laughs> there's so much different footage, like, because people would always send me footage like Lewis or or like Shane or like the Vulcan videos or like anything from Beagles like shit. And dude, you never know who's sending like Sue Choi or, and there's always like all the other random dudes, the, the, you know, the PD videos, the five years at the bottom. And like, yeah, those videos were sick. And there's all the filmers from Australia, everywhere. But I'm just basically going to go and try and put as many names together. And just, I just want to, I want to get it done, but it's fucking, it's hard, you know? motivation trying to edit these podcasts and the, the seven day weekend, the movie and well, 
blow people away. I'm pretty sure I'm like nervous because I think it's going to be so great that people are going to be like, whoa, this footage is gold, mate. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> well, it's, I'm glad you said it though because I've had to do two in the last, what, two or three years. Whereas like Preston died, I had to compile like all his footage. Then Jake died, I had to compile all his footage. That shit is heavy, dude. That's hard. Like watching yeah. people talk and remembering moments with those people that are dear to you that are gone, it's yeah, not easy to do in big chunks. I had to do the Shane Cross Let's Live one. That was a fucking nightmare. That was a sad day. I was thinking it was my birthday too. It was terrible. No way. But you know, you get over it. And it's good to hear all this love, you know? It gets you through it too. I think uh, Ewan told me he went out to Europe and did some interview for some. I think they're making like a big documentary about Ali and Shane or something like that, maybe. Yeah, it's called, uh, it's actually, for, uh, it's Balala, a documentary about Balala. It's called The Scars of Ali Balala. Yeah, I, I did an interview for that. I think it's it's a pretty big production. They've been working on it in a couple of years. So, yeah, I had to do a little interview for that too. So, pretty pretty tough talks, you know. But, Ooh, I can't even imagine. Yeah, but I hope it gives that. Hopefully, it'll give people some closure, you know, for people that hate Ali or Ali hating himself or like, you know, how people want to know what, what really went down. It's just like, well, that's it, you know. But that's anyway, that's his business and his thing. And I hope it helps people out a little bit, you know, in the future. Yeah, same. Well, is there, then, is there some techniques we can fucking use to fucking keep it positive with all this negative shit going on? I don't know, man. I got fucking lucky, man. I thought life was over when I left the States and I just like met the right people, met the right right woman and just kept on trucking, man. Wow. And now just fucking try and get on tours, you know, escape from your routine. You don't have to go on tours with your... Your companies just go out with friends and just fucking go out and be a kid, you know, and stop worrying about the big shit. Right. Okay. Well, I'm about <laughs> to. Um, we're gonna we're gonna figure out um, getting our wedding. I gotta figure a wedding out during the fucking pandemic. Ah uh, shit! Like Axel just got married in a park with mask on and shit. Yeah. When's exactly. your wedding? Huh? Congratulations. When's your wedding? Well, that's what. I- that, so here's the dilemma. Maybe you can help because you're a, you're a, a veteran of the wedding world. Uh, we got a pandemic, so the normal th- idea would be like wait till the pandemic's over so you could do it properly. But both cool. of our parents, all of our parents, are still alive, and so we're like we kind of want to do it. No, we don't. Kind of, we want to do it while they're still alive. So we're like, let's do a small wedding that we can do during pandemic so we can do it while our parents are still alive. And then when the pandemic's over, we could have like a renew your vows, bigger party type thing. What I would do if I was you is just have whoever's coming to go to a COVID test that takes like five minutes and they just put the thing up your nose yeah, and then go have it in the middle of fucking nowhere. And everyone will just like get get a hotel by somewhere you can camp out and fucking... Just make sure everyone has a COVID test. You're allowed to have people together if you have everyone has the test. Huh. You are allowed to be in a group if everyone's had the test. Well, the only problem with that but is... They're old. They're old. Yeah, <laughs> they're and old there's people. a lot of people that no matter what aren't going to go. Yeah, I don't know, man. It sounds like you're stuck in a situation that not even 
Mr. Uncle Dusty can get you out of there. <laughs> God damn it. I need help. <laughs> this one's on you, buddy. <laughs> well, fuck, dude. I appreciate you taking the time, man. It's good to fucking see your face and hear your voice. Um, Thank you. I appreciate it. You too. I hope our paths can cross sooner than late. I don't know what's going to happen. Man. I want to see all my crew from the States. I want them all over in Europe, man. I want to see everybody for sure. Like, I mean, hopefully they're not all too jealous that I skipped out at the right time and I can still travel in Europe, but in the breaks. So you've been out four years? Yeah, I've been here four years, four or five. Yeah. Wow. Perfect timing, man. Loving it. Loving it. Oh, but I am. Everyone will visit me soon. Everyone keep your head up and wear a mask, I guess, for now. All right, dude. Thanks a lot. And uh, give me a heads up when any of these things are coming together. I want to check it out. For sure. And uh, you got to do your best job at some point, mate. (laughs) Hopefully it won't take you as long as it's taking me. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I just went through all my tapes because I was like, oh, I'll start digitizing all my tapes with my downtime. Yep. That shit takes forever. Fuck. It does, man. Yeah. Like, just now, I've got it sorted into cities, you know? Oh. Like, like that's it's, it's going to be like, you know, like Sydney, New York, like, and then like tour life, and then like Arizona, and then New York. So that's the easiest way for me right now. But um, I don't know. Maybe we'll do the seven-day weekend Schmitty's movie right after. <laughs> the Schmitty. We'll do seven the one-day one day, one day weekend. <laughs> one-year day. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Thanks for sharing that clip, too. Dude, that really put a smile on my face when you emailed that to me. It's, I think it's the perfect uh, way to start the show. And, like, man, yeah, all man. the shit of Jake that people have that I haven't seen, like, I love to I love to just get it sprinkled, not in a huge dose, but like microdose yeah, the Felper. <laughs> no, I do I do like that too. And, I, and the best thing about going for this old footage is that you can send people like, oh shit, I got this clip. Remember that? That was and crazy. you know like, who it'll touch. Like, oh, this guy's yeah. gonna appreciate this. Like, yeah. right. sharing the wealth, sharing the sharing the history wealth, for sure. All right, well, fast, uh, what song should we thinking. end this on? What song? Yeah, we can play a song that will take us out of here. Um, uh, Purple Mountain, All My Happiness Is Gone. All right. You got it? Yep. All right, dude. All right. Thanks so much, man. Hopefully, I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, Shmay. Good to talk to you, man. Cheers. Bye. Friends are warmer than gold. is harder than you might suppose Lately I tend to make strangers wherever I go Some of them were once people I was happy to know Mounting mileage on the dash Double darkness falling fast I keep stressing, pressing on Weighted down, some some 
something really wrong has happened I confess I'm barely hanging on All my happiness is gone All my happiness is Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. 
Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at talkingschmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper.